Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. So this morning, um, I'm so excited because we're continuing with a, a sermon series that we started called Reposition. And, um, and I know there's some of you that haven't been here last week, um, but I'm going to give you a bit of a recap on what we've done. And, and it's just a, a three-part sermon series before we hit Easter um, that I really felt that God spoke to me when I started puzzling stuff together and see how God brought us to the last three, four years. Our church in a month's time is four years old. And uh, I just see His faithfulness over over this past four years. It's amazing. And as I was looking through all this prophetic word that God has given us every year, God started speaking to me in terms of repositioning. And, um, and so we're going to look at that today. Now, we all know if you are struggling to reach success or breakthrough. Ever been there? Ever, ever struggled to reach success or breakthrough? Yeah, nobody. Eh? <laughs> all of us. Come on, all of us, our hands need to be Of course, most of us, some other way in your life start struggling with, Lord, I'm, I'm contending for that breakthrough, that's, that, that, that success. But there's always a good chance in that moment that when we reposition ourselves, we see more success or we see more of God's breakthrough. You see, when we reposition ourselves, it means that we are shifting our current position to receive to a new position to receive more. And how many of us don't want to receive more? I want to receive more of God. Come on. We need to be hungry enough to receive more of God every day of our lives. And sometimes we need to reposition ourselves to say, Lord, I want to be wherever the greatest outpouring of your blessing is. And therefore, we sometimes need to reposition ourselves. You see, so many of us are praying for breakthrough and miracles in our lives. But the question is this. Have you positioned yourself for breakthrough? This is a very important question, because you can pray, and I mean, you can fervently pray, but you're sitting in the wrong position for God to really bless you, because that's where He wants you. That is where He intended for you to be. Amen? Am I talking to someone? I mean, I've been there in my life. Now, for us to receive what God has planned for our lives, we need to make sure that we are positioned or maybe repositioned ourselves. For, for that blessing, that purpose that God has for us. Now, I believe that God has the power to bless us however He chooses. He doesn't bless us because you are now there. No, no, He, he, he chooses. But if we read the Scripture, and if you go to the Scriptures and to, to many men and women in the Bible, most of the blessings and breakthrough didn't, didn't come when they stood still. All of us, it wasn't Einstein sitting on a tree and then an apple just, okay, just falling on your head. God doesn't work that way. Most of these people were blessed because they were positioned themselves in the right place. Before Abraham could be the father of many nations, he had to reposition himself in the land of Canaan. Before Esther could, could save the Jews um, from being killed, she had to reposition herself in the king's palace. Before the short Zacchaeus could see Jesus over the crowd, he had to reposition himself in a tree. Come on, before Peter was walking on the water, he had to reposition himself out of the boat. Now let, let me give you a quick recap on last week. Now in 2019, I sat before the Lord and said, Lord, what do you want to do in 2020? 
Give us a word, Lord. I love to start the year with a word. And then God gave me this word and said, Henny, I want you to position yourself or yourselves for awakening in the church. Not just in this church. I believe in the church. And then COVID happened. We all know what happened. We all went through that thing. We all, and, but you know what? I still believe that that season is here. I still believe that there is an awakening happening in the church and is busy happening and we see the revivals all over. Now, after listening to a prophetic word of the global church, there's a guy who's an amazing prophet that I honor so much and, and, um, and, and me and Salome had the honor to meet him and he gave us a prophetic word that eventually brought us to Cape Town um, nine years ago. I was listening to this, this global word, and I realized that most of us are still in survival mode after COVID. If, if you think about it, we're still in survival mode after COVID, and we need to re re reposition ourselves for revival. I need to intentionally reposition myself, not to feel... I mean, I catch myself walking into the mall, looking, where's the hand sanitizer? I was like, oh yes, we're not in COVID anymore. I can just walk in. I need to reposition my mind and how I think about things. And yes, there was good things that stayed after COVID, like hygiene. That, that is still a good thing. But we need to reposition ourselves for the more of God because the awakening is still happening. I believe that God is doing something. Now, as I was listening to this, this prophetic word, I was thinking about our church, and I realized I was, when I was looking at every prophetic word, 20, 2019, 2021, 2022, as I was looking through every prophetic word, and I was thinking about our values that we have in our church, I realized, wow, we are in sync. We are so in sync with what God is doing as a church. Now, the scripture that God gave us as a, as a church was John 1 verse 4 to 5, and it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And through the scripture, God gave us three values. Life, light, and ignite. Life, light, and ignite. Now, I can't go through every value now just to give you, give you a quick rundown. I did it last week. But I believe that we are on the forefront of a worldwide revival. And if you look at our values, we are in sync. God is doing something through who we are as a church and what God has called us to do. Now, last week, we spoke about life. And through this worldwide revival, we need to question ourselves and say, how do we respond to this, and how do I reposition myself to be on that wave? Do not miss this. So that's why we, I want to speak about our three values in the last three weeks. So last week, we spoke about life, and this week, we're speaking about light. John 1 verse 4, it says the life, in him was life, and then he says the life was the light of men. So today I want to speak about the second value called light. Light. So at the end of 2021, and you all remember this so well, I was praying again and said, Lord, what do you want to do in 2022? What do you want to do in 2020? And God gave me a very specific word that that this will be the year, 2022, last year will be the year of light and seed. Remember that? The seed that broke through and the light shined on it. It was, a, it was amazing. If you, if you want to listen to an awesome prophetic um, sermon, go and listen to it on our, on our podcast. But it was a very significant word for us. Very significant. And what's amazing about light is that there would be no physical life on earth without light on earth. 
Did you know that? See, this is so significant. Remember, in Genesis 1, God came and He said, Let there be trees. No, no. What was the first words God said? He said, Let there be light. See, the most valuable resource we have on this planet is light. See, light is more fundamental than, than oxygen or nutrition. I, I read this and I thought, what? Really? I need oxygen to breathe and I need nutrition to eat. But without light, light is the main source of energy for every living organism. You see, light is necessary for f- photosynthesis. And photosynthesis produces oxygen. So without that process, you don't have oxygen. And if we don't have oxygen, we've got a problem. You see, light, which is the basis for all natural life, is actually a resource for something much more valuable. Us. You. Me. Light. We need light to live. So last week, I came across this YouTube video that I watched, and and it was just incredible. Maybe you've watched it. So this is the first time I saw this, and it just blew my mind how incredible intentional God is with His creation. So at the moment of conception, when a sperm meets the egg, something incredible happens. Let's look at it. This footage shows the exact moment a sperm makes contact with an egg. You can see what looks like a spark of electricity that erupts on a cellular level. But what is it? And why does it happen? Could it be the start of consciousness? Or is it just a mere biological process that happens whenever fertilization occurs? When a sperm makes contact with an egg, a flash of light is produced indicating that the egg has been successfully fertilized and can now develop into a healthy embryo. The spark itself occurs when the fertilized egg releases billions of atoms of zinc. These atoms are released at the exact moment of conception. Isn't that powerful? I mean, that just blew my mind. So let's read our scripture again. John 1 verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend. Look at verse 9. It says, that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into this world. Isn't that an incredible revelation? I know the scientists said, yes, it's zinc that activates this. And, but man, that is just such a supernatural thing of light comes in that moment. Now, scientists say zinc. I say I believe it's a moment when life enters, when life comes. You see, every human born into this world receives life from the form, in the form of a flash of light. What was the first words God said? Let there be light. It's so powerful. Jesus said the following in, 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 John, in John 8 verse 12. It says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but, but will have the light of life. I love the Passion Translation in this. It says, I am the light of the world, and those who embrace me will experience life-giving light. Isn't that powerful? Jesus says that, that when we look at him, the light, and we follow and embrace him, we will experience something life-giving. Isn't that amazing? When you encounter Christ, it is life-giving. 
It is life-changing. So the question for us is this. How do we as believers embrace what God is busy doing? What is He doing now? And how can we hunger for revival? How can we hunger for more of Him? Because the Word says revival starts from within you. How can I hunger for more of God within me? You see, God's creation is so amazing, and it always, always points to something so intentional. God is an intentional God. Now, isn't it amazing how complex and yet amazing we were created? It's amazing, isn't it? Now, did you know that if you look at our eye, just an eyeball, our eyes, our eye have over 120 million cells that constantly react while interpreting the light. When light enters your retina, 120 million cells constantly react and forms images. It's amazing. You see, our eyes were created to react to light. That's, that was why it was created. If you look at what's the purpose of eyes, to react to light. And then the eye comes and forms the light into images and colors. It wasn't created for darkness. Come on, our eyes wasn't created for darkness. Um, scientists, by the way, has tried to prove and tried to do and to bring us to a place where we can have night vision. But they struggle. Because, I mean, people want to see in the dark. I don't know why. Um, we, we created for daylight. We didn't, we, our eyes were not created for darkness at all. But it was not how we were originally created. Come on. God created us with purpose in mind. And the purpose was to react to light. That was our eyes' purpose. So from the context, from this context, let's read the scripture again. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows or reacts to or interact with me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Isn't that amazing? You see, so God created us, human beings, to see. But to see means to react to light and to bring color into our eyes as our eyes formulate the colors into a picture. It's powerful, isn't it? So we are created with the ability to look at light. Amen? We look at light and we experience clarity of picture and know what the truth around us is. That's what happens. Amen? So if Jesus speaks of himself as the true light, it means that he shows himself to be the truth in a way. It's amazing how intentional our bodies is created, isn't it? How many of us like darkness? Maybe I like to go and run in the dark or go and hike in it. No, no. When you go camping, what's the first thing you do? You make a fire. You switch on the camp lights because we want to see around us because our eyes are created to work with light. We were not created for darkness. So when we are living in a dark world and the world is getting darker every day, how do we respond? How do we respond? How do you usher in revival so that lives can change and cities and nations can be touched? How? Look at Matthew 5, verse 14. It says the following, 14 to 16. It says, you are the light of the world. 
First, Jesus starts out the Gospels and says, I am the light of the world. And then suddenly, somewhere in between, he shifted it and says, now you are the light of the world. I already brought the light. I gave you the light on the day of conception already. But when you receive me and you get saved, I mean, I ignite that light. And we're going to speak about ignition next week. But he says, now he says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a lampstand... And it gives light to all who are in the house. Then he says, I love this, Let your light shi so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. May your light shine so that people can see. They didn't say may your light shine so that people can feel. That they can see. Because something happens when the light penetrates us. The light of life. As I said, light enables us to see. Amen? Now, the world which is in darkness need Christians. They need us. They need believers to release the light. When I walk into a dark place, I need to release the light. We need to release the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus. <laughs> Why? So that blinded eyes can see. A few years ago, doctors discovered that the cornea of an eye could be transplanted. Remember? They can actually transplant a blind cornea. And then the eye would be physically perfect. But you know what the incredible thing is? As they transplanted that cornea and the eye was perfect, the, the patient would open its eyes and it will still be blind. Because the mind is not connected to the eye. Regarding the mind, it's like you're blind, I can't see. So the connection between the eye and the mind was struggling. And then they had to go to, to counseling and stuff and all the doctors to teach the mind that the eye can actually see. There need to be a moment of discipleship for the mind to the eye. Isn't that amazing? So patient has to be taught so that their brain can adapt and that the function with the, so that the brain can function with the eye. Now as I read this, I realized it's exactly the same. Exactly the same with seeing the truth of the gospel. Because most people don't see the truth of the gospel. If you do not have the Holy Spirit training us and opening the mysteries of God, guess what? People can't see. We need the Holy Spirit. We need Him. See, when the light of God comes into our lives, it changes our spirit. It does. It changes something inside of you and it opens your mind. Ever read a scripture? And it's like, Lord, I don't understand this. And I take my Bible and say, Holy Spirit, will you just please explain this to me? And it opens, almost like your eyes open. Or maybe you've read a scripture for many times before. And then suddenly one day you open a scripture and that thing just jumps out at you. And it's a moment of light when the Holy Spirit connects something, two dots, and said, there's the truth. There's the truth. You see, we need the Holy Spirit. When the light of God comes into our lives, it changes our spirit. Now look, look at 1 Corinthians 2 verse 13. Look what Paul says here. He says, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual 
But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. We need the Holy Spirit to teach us. That's why sometimes I can speak about spiritual things and somebody that doesn't know God don't understand. There's a mocking thing that comes out, oh, the stupid Christians again, look at them. What are they doing? But they don't understand the things of the Spirit because the light needs to shine. And God has given us the light to reach out and to shine into a dark world so that people can start seeing. Now let me close with the story of Paul the Apostle. And, and I love this story because it's such a powerful story. If you look at Paul, and I've spoke about Paul so many times, Paul was the man. He was actually Saul before he became Paul. The Saul was one of the most unfire, up-and-coming Pharisees that, that there was. He was the guy. He was clever. He was witty. Man, he could speak well. And he was so on fire and zeal for God that he started killing and arresting Christians, imprisoning all of them because they are against the law. They blaspheming. Just think about Paul. In his eyes, he was righteous. In his eyes, he was following the law. But he thought he knew God until he encountered Jesus. Have you ever had that moment? Man, I, th I know. I've been in church. Man, Lord, I know you. And then you have an encounter with God. And he just blow you away. And you feel like, Lord, I don't know even the tip of the iceberg yet. Because God is so amazing. And that's what happened to Paul when he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. And I love the story from Acts 22 where Paul comes and he testifies. He testifies what happened to him. Look what Paul says. He says, as I was on the road approaching Damascus about noon. So it was in the midday. I mean, noon, how, how bright is the sun at noon? It's quite bright. So at noon, a very bright light from heaven. Does that mean that light was brighter than the sun? A very bright light from heaven suddenly shone down around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Then if you go to verse 11, it says, I was blinded by the intense light and had to be led by hand to Damascus by my companions. Here a man, the mighty leader, the guy who, who imprisoned and kills Christians have to be led by hand. I mean, that's, that's humiliating. That's a coming down to earth moment. But I believe you, God, God was doing something in his life. I believe God was, was doing something in, in, in Saul's heart in that moment. You see, Paul met with Jesus in a bright light, and in one moment he could see, or he couldn't see with his physical eyes. But for the first time, he could see the truth. Big difference. His eyes was blind, he couldn't see with his physical eyes, but for the first time he could see with his heart. He could see the truth of what he has been missing. See, that's the kind of light we carry as believers. That's the kind of light that needs to touch people around us without sometimes saying something, but just being who God made you to be, stepping into that room, being joyful, being who you are, is shining a light that touches others. You see, the light that we carry can't maybe make a difference. 
No. No. It sparks an immediate change. It brings something. I mean, I remember so well. Me, um, when I was a, a, in high school, we went to um, friends um, for holiday. And we spent two weeks with them. And we just, I mean, I had a normal holiday. We had fun and we had Christmas and it was amazing. And it was like any normal other Christmas, Christmas that I had with just people at the holiday home. It was amazing. A week after we came home, the, the man sent my dad an email. And he said, listen, I just want to thank you for an amazing holiday. You know, we had to thank them. You know, they gave us so much. And he said, he has never seen the light of God so much in a family. And I thought, what? I mean, we were fighting. I mean, we had bad moments. Come on. We had that, that, that bad moments. And, and I thought, I didn't see it. Where did you see it? But I realized I was so much in myself that I missed what God was doing with the people around us. And just because we were in their space, they experienced the light of God. They experienced the more of God. See, that's the kind of light we carry as believers. And the way we respond and reposition ourselves for revival is to shine our lights in the darkness. Come on. No matter where you go, that's what God wants to do with you. No matter how dark the places is you walk into, no matter how bad the issue or what you, you work with or, or wherever you go, you shine a light as you step into that place. I've just many times when me and my wife stepped into little antique shops or, you know, have you ever, and, and I walk into that place and I feel, man, I don't like being in here. Something is just connecting with my spirit which is not good. Because the light is shining and some stuff are manifesting. It's not nothing I did. It's the light that is within you. I, I, I just step into the place. See, God called us to stand up for righteousness and truth, to sow a seed of change in hearts of unbelievers. And if you feel insecure when you are there or outnumbered or not, God wants to do that through your life. So no matter where you go, what you do, God is flashing His light through your life. There's something amazing happening. So Jesus could have appeared to Paul or Saul in a different way. He appeared to people after His crucifixion and resurrection. He appeared to people as a normal man. So He chose to appear to Paul or Saul as a flash of light. Why? That's the first thought I had. Why, Lord? Why? Because light has an impact on darkness, and it's got an impact on unrighteousness. And Jesus knew when His glory and fullness, and when He appeared, there's light. It changed Paul's life immediately, from the inside out. See, God called us to make an impact on this world by showing His light to others. And light brings an instant change in darkness. Remember that story of the Navy SEALs in the forest there in Cambodia somewhere? I've told it before. And they were running from, they were doing an ex, um, extraction and they were running from all the bad guys and the, the chopper were coming for them. But they had, they had to fly blind um, because they come, can't come in and see all the, I mean, I don't know all the military terms. But they had to fly blind in, and there was a patch of 
area of, of, um, of uh, opening in a forest that had two meters on the side for the chopper's blades just to land, but the pilot couldn't see. And the only thing he could radio onto the guy said, Liar, guys, I can't see. It is overcast. It is rainy. I can't see you. How, how? And the, one of the Navy SEALs went and he took a lighter and stood in the middle and flicked it. True story. And the guy landed that chopper right in the middle because of one little light. That's the difference one light can make in darkness. That's the difference your life can make when you step into any situation, any area, any place that is not godly or not righteous, God makes a change to your life. You see, when you've seen the light, there's no going back. <laughs> you meet Jesus and you see the true life, there is no going back. The truth of His light is ever-changing. Ever-changing. Now, when Paul sat in a room for three days, not being able to see, he didn't eat, he didn't speak, he didn't drink water, God did a heart transplant in that moment. A heart transplant. Something amazing happened in his heart. And that is why we later, later on in Paul's life, he came to Ephesians and he wrote this prayer. Look at this. He says, that I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. So that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to those who called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Isn't that amazing? Come on, this is Paul, the guy who had the flashing light, Damascus, blind. He said, I pray, and it's one of the most powerful prayers in the Bible. He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand you see, as his heart was flooded with light, he was sitting blind in that room, he realized, wow, suddenly I understand the hope that Jesus had for this world. There was no condemnation. Man, that guy ran with a passion for Christ. See, God wanted us, wanted to open the eyes of his heart. So that he could see the true purpose for him on, that, on this earth. I pray this morning, and that's why as we end, I pray that, that God will do something in your hearts. As he flood your hearts with light, with, with more of him, that there will be a running towards the goodness of God. And then running with the goodness of God, showing the light to others. God has called us to take the light to others. Not to sit at your campfire, enjoy your vorsi, brying. No, no. He wants you to take the light to others. He wants you to make a change. I mean, have you ever... I, I love this story. I'm going to end with this. When, when load shedding just started, I think it was 2018, 2019, and I remember not, none of us were prepared for it. So you sit at 8 o'clock in the winter, sit, maybe you watch TV or you sit and read, and suddenly the lights will go off. Pitch dark. And the kids will be in room upstairs, and they will write, Papa, what's happening? And it's so fun that I take my cell phone, because it's the only, it's, and I will switch on the lights, and I will walk to them, and if I see them, how their li eyes just brighten up. It's like, oh, donkey, thank you so much. It was so, it was so scary being here. Because it's pitch dark suddenly. 
That is the impact we have on people that don't see the light. That's the impact and the smile and the joy we bring when we bring the light. Don't sit around enjoying your own little fire. Take the fire to someone. Take the fire to someone. Next week we'll speak about igniting something that will change the world. You are carrying that. We are carrying that to change the world. Not just to sit and do, but to go and do that. To go and change the world with what you have. Amen? Come on, let's pray together this morning. You can stand and we can pray. Did I speak to someone today? Come on, God has given us something. He's given us a light that has started in your life the day of conception. Isn't that powerful? So, Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we praise you, we honor you, we glorify you for who you are in our lives. And, Lord, we thank you that you are the God who makes everything possible. And, Lord, we, as we, we pray this morning, Lord, I pray that you touch our hearts this morning, that we will not sit alone with our light and enjoying our little fire, but that we will go out and show the light, be the light. And that's how we respond. That's how we reposition ourselves for revival coming. From within us, the light will shine and bring something that never can change, that, that can never change. Lord, I pray this morning that you ignite our hearts, that you will br- just change our minds of how we see this. Lord, I pray that, that, that you will break off condemnation off of us today, that keep us from taking the light to others. Just break off that guilt and that shame off of our lives that says, oh, you can't do that. You're not this. You're not, small, you're not spiritual enough. You're not, you're not this. You're not that. No. God says, you are qualified. I have qualified. The day you gave your life to me, I've qualified you. So Lord, I thank you this morning that you will, you will spark a light in our hearts this morning that will ignite something. And we will not sit still anymore, but we will be who you've called us to be. And we will see the revival come and touch people, change this town, change this nation, and change the world, Father. Lord, we are created for your presence. We are created to encounter you, Father. And we, we, Lord, we are hungry. We are hungry for more of you. So, Lord, I pray for everyone here this morning. That's their hearts. That's their minds. May they have an awesome week. Lord, create situations in our lives where we can step into and shine our lights. See the change in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.